to something completely different again. Half the time I will write the word play and autocorrect will correct it to pay. And it's like, no, I actually wanted play. That's a real Give me word. playback. That's a real oh, Yeah, that's, that's a word I wanted. That's what I wanted in regards to playing games. And it's like, no, no, pain. You want to pain. I'm like, no, I want pain. I English words so much. It's a pain when I need to like write in the names of Japanese places or whatever, because it is determined to pretend they don't exist. It's just like, sorry, you're not writing this in Japanese characters. It doesn't exist. Well, no. I'm the English version of it, but it will... Actually, Japanese characters are probably fine with them. Yeah. Welcome to the Player 2 Pixel Cast, episode 122. I'm your host for this episode. My name is Ken. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about all the games that we did not play, to all the loves we lost over the past year, and to all the games that have slipped past us because we just could not afford to buy them. (laughs) Or did not have the time to dedicate to them in a meaningful way. Uh, joining me on this episode is Renee. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? Um, tired. Awake. Getting up at 5.30 in the morning will do that when you're not used to it. But yeah, yeah I'm all right. I feel tired. I'm definitely like... not stressed out about the packs. <laughs> I feel like tired, tired's the word of like 2023. So, you know. I think uh, tired's the word of being an adult. Yeah. Also, you know you're an adult. You're tired. Yeah. <laughs> you're always tired. Oh, so true. And also joining us today is Tim. Wait, there we you... go. I can throw back on again. I was sneezing and I didn't click. Yes, anyway, um, Renee, I've got some bad news for you in the sense that even if you get used to it getting up at 5.30 in the morning, you're going to be tired. Yeah, like I said, it's it's an adult thing. I don't have to it, do it anymore, thank goodness. Yeah. So I get to sleep in. Yeah, I would like to sleep in. Anyway, so that is one reason why we just do not have the time to dedicate to the games. And holy smokes, 2023 has been huge. And so that'll be what we're, that's what we'll be talking about in the second half of the show. Games that have uh, passed us by either intentionally or unintentionally over the last few months um, up until, you know, November. There has been a few crackers this year um, and and that's what we'll be talking about but first let's go into the games that we have been playing Uh, and I might go to Renee first with uh, something you tried over at PAX Australia that just finished up less than a month ago about a month ago now just over a month ago I'm not counting Um, and well, I, I actually got invited to try the beta test because I was interested in it at PAX, and they very nicely were like, would you like to be part of the, the tester tester team? And I'm like, ah, oh, yes, please. Essentially, what happens is you become the mayor of a town. Go-Go um, Town, you might say. You, the game name of the yeah, game. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Go-Go. You become the mayor of Go-Go Town. Um, however, it doesn't seem like you're there of your own violation. Because you arrive um, tied up, and everyone's awaiting your arrival, and you, you just you just 
they kick you out the car, they untie you, and they're like, congratulations, mayor of town, of Go-Go Town, and it's just like, what? Excellent. This is already um, better than Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like the um, the very silly, the, the silliness that's there. That's And it's like Animal Crossing, but there's a lot more to do. Because the thing is, you have to um, you have to build buildings, and to get the buildings built, you have to have like bricks, and you have to have uh, wood. To get the wood, you have to cut the wood yourself at first, because you don't have the people in the city to set them to be woodwork, uh, the woodcutters. So instead, you start off doing that yourself. You set up a shop, and the train will arrive. I think every in-game two hours. I don't know what it is in real time, but I do know that I was getting to the point where the, the train would show up and it would let me know the train was arriving and I'd just be like, please go away so that I can just work on my town. Please stop buying things because then I have to restock what you've been buying. So um, you end up with... Pe- you set up shops, but you have to stock the shops because you've got no one to stock the shops for you at first. Um I had two shops going. I had a craft shop and I had a um, a food shop. And I had to kind of keep an eye on when they were running out of food. I also had an issue with rubbish for a while. This because... is such a weird town. Yeah. It's just the mayor um, running around opening up shops with like no staff of any sort at all whatsoever. Um, the shops don't open until you cut the ribbon. So you can build the shop and just leave it there and not actually oh, start it. You have to cut the ribbon. agent of chaos. <laughs> just really like these big um, multi scissors and now the entire town is in disorder. Um the other thing is is that you can only carry a very short small amount of stuff in your like your basket on your back. So that's where trucks and other things come in. Um I don't really like using the trucks, they're a bit slow. I usually just leave them parked somewhere and use them as storage re- units, pretty much. And instead I prefer to use the uh, skateboard and the tricycle. <laughs> Because they both move fast, so I'm like, I'll pref- I prefer those. Also, if you press the Y button when you are riding, the skateboard will perform a kickflip, but if you're on the cy- uh, the tricycle, it will ring the bell. I'm like, this this is this small stuff is, yeah, this small stuff is what I'm really enjoying. I just wish there was like a pause so that I could kind of design my town. Because the thing is, you've got terraforming, you've got you know, you can change where the roads are and everything like that. The only thing you can't change is where the designated farmland, forestry, um, and mining areas are. So they're designated areas and the train station. You can't change that, but you can change everything else. Uh, and fishing area. That's the other one I forgot. Um, the other thing is that I was finding that when I was playing the demo, as I was just piss farting around essentially um my character was getting uh like the the quest was fulfilling quests without meaning to and they were getting upgrades which allowed me to unlock higher tiers of things in the town but it's like i wasn't even quite ready for them because i was still kind of dealing with the previous stuff. So I unlocked farming and I unlocked fishing, but I didn't touch it because I was still just trying to put my houses where they needed to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, hang on, I need to town plan first. 
I guess at least it's there for when you want it. Like, I'm guessing it's not actually yeah. a problem for it to actually be there. You can just ignore it until you need it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, is that they will essentially, when you reach a certain point, when you get a certain amount of tourists and stuff, they'll be like, okay, now you can do a challenge to get the next, to unlock the next tier of um, accessories for your town. Let's just call it that. So you'll get decorations and stuff. And depending on what your level is with the company, um, you'll be able to get new stuff. It's all through the phone's app as well. So, like, you have a, an, a phone in-game and it has a map on it, has the app. You can book the challenges through there. But the thing is, I wasn't even trying to do the challenges and I was blitzing through them. So, I mean, I'm like, is, it's... This is still beta, right? So, all of this could... Yeah, yeah. ...be balanced. I'm hoping that they might... Yeah, I'm hoping that they'll make it so that you can at least... I did give some feedback saying that I hope that you can actually put a pause on it so that you can design your town because I put the shop and I put in a new shop and then I was like, I'm not quite sure where I want to put my houses because I feel like having them at the front of the town um, is a bit weird. Uh, where do I put... St-? Like, I, I'm i a bit pedantic when I like to I like to plan things when I'm uh, playing these sorts of games. So I absolutely wanted to move things around. Um, and I was like, I, I felt like I didn't really have the time to do that because while I was trying to fix up my roads, the train arrived and then I realized that my um, my store was out of stock, so I had to run off and get stuff for that. And then the bins were filling up, so I had to pick up the rubbish as well. It's just like... I. <sighs> It did say that the rubbish does get taken automatically, but I haven't seen that happen yet. So I don't know if that's like a bug or something. But you think then? I guess. I guess because it sounds to me, and, and looking at, at a couple of trailers in that meantime, uh, whilst you were talking, um, it looks like it's kind of like small scale Sim City, but at a very granular level. Like you've got, like you said. Like you've got to do bricks and wood to make buildings, and then you have a bit of town planning and shops and economies and getting people jobs and you know a flow of money. Yeah, more. essentially, it's about trying to make a popular tourist town. That's essentially yeah. what it is. You're trying to make the best tourist town. So but, it is about. It feels like at that level, it's like you're just micromanaging everything. But apparently, yeah. as you get further in, you can assign more people to do more jobs, which means that you won't be micromanaging as much. Yeah, yeah. And I just so wonder if, like, that, like, whilst your feedback was that it would be good if you could sort of pause the game so you can have a moment to reflect and plan and think about it and next steps, I wonder if the designers were like, no, actually, that frantic pace of always onto something else is in- intentional. Um... And that was part of their, like, yeah, we do want you to feel like you're being hurried along constantly and feel like that. Uh, I'm not sure that is the case. Because mm. you when you read the, the Steam page, they're Steam like... Page, yeah, I can. No, I just looked yeah. at I mean, I looked at it very briefly, yeah. Yeah, at the back, at the very end of it, they're like, you know, it seems to be about making the town a place good tourist destination, but it's meant to also, I think, be a very cosy, chill game. It looks like it's supposed mm. to be sunny and inviting and, Renee, I'm starting yeah. to think is maybe the best person to beta this because I'm starting to see there is, like, a Renee genre. This is in the ballpark cosy. between Animal Crossing meets um, 
Stardew Valley. Like SimCity in a way. Um, yeah. It's more than SimCity. I think it's really making me think of Animal Crossing with more city building or Stardew Valley. But like, yeah, but Animal Crossing doesn't Dink really let you stuff, yeah, like, down as much. But that's what your thing is. You, you, like, you want Animal Crossing but more. Yeah. This is what I've learned over the yeah, last few absolutely. months. And like, everything you play seems to be pushing <laughs> to be that. Yeah. It's uh, really weird because I play such an eclectic variety of games, really. And yet, for some reason, whenever I'm on here, I'm talking about these really cozy um, building towns, building like restaurants, building building, building something. Towns, making towns, making friends, going fishing, establishing the community, chopping trees. Yeah. Wow. Um, let's switch from building and establishing communities to games where you are completely isolated and alone. Um, Tim, you've been spending a bit of time with Metroid Prime Remastered? Remaster? Is that... Yeah. Metroid Prime Remaster. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I have. Which I, I think I've been... Pl- I've been playing, playing this one in the background to a lot of other stuff for two, three months now. I Yeah. And-, and Metroid Prime, I think, is, you know, is a game that a lot of people are familiar with, but it's also something that we've discussed multiple times on various topics about other things. It's it's a game that has popped up a few times already, so I guess re- remaster what's yeah. what's the what's the what's the new shiz? Well the new shiz is old shiz. Um say re- I mean remaster is fair. Like all I've done from what I can tell and I'm like a good way in now is updated the, the graphics but they've done it properly they've updated it to the level that you would have expected from like that Mario 3D collection from a couple of years ago like so it, it looks how you remember it looking and they've also added more modern controls it's which I think the nostalgia glasses on it 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 actually looks really good it looks shockingly good for a Switch game especially mm. in handheld mode if you've got the OLED screen but yeah it's, it's on one hand yeah this game is aged super well like when you think this is from like the very early 2000s it's like fucking amazing that he's actually still this good that said on the other hand it is also something of a crazy mind blow that maybe shouldn't be the case it is currently tied for second place the highest scoring game this year in metacritic well you could also remember that with metroid prime there's not really anything else like it out there it's not a huge amount of competition for that sort of thing like yes and in the 3D space, I guess, like, maybe not, not so much, but, like, the Metroidvania genre, at least in the side-scrolling sense, ex- has exploded over the last 10 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, the side-scrolling one. I mean, the 3D version, yeah, specifically, we- because the game isn't just an FPS, it's about the exploration, finding out about all the stuff that's happened, and all that. It is. It's, <laughs> like... Yeah, it is It is 100% more about, like, shooting is just, like, the moment-to-moment mechanics that they had to put in there to stop it from being what would have been a walk walkathon of its time. Um, but yeah, the yeah, finding out what happened it. is a little bit sillier than I remember. Like, sometimes it's just, like, laughably direct. So I guess a lot of people... Despite how famous this game is, I think a lot of people have probably never played it because, you know, it was locked to the GameCube um, for the longest time, and even within that platform, it was actually still, like, one of the more niche of the first-party Nintendo titles. So I'm going to guess it probably sold a couple of million units, which is a lot, but also way below Mario Zelda numbers. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's why during the year of Zelda, Metroid was completely snubbed. Yeah. 
Um, it, it definitely holds up though. But yeah, um, so yeah, like the basics for it, like it is Metroid. You are, you know, a hot bounty hunter girl in like a big suit of armor. You loot, you have a whole bunch of crazy abilities, and then an explosion happens, and you lose them all, and you're like on a new planet, and you're like exploring and gradually like powering up and leveling up again as the you know the formula of the genre. Um, kind of works, but like a key part of like how the story works, because you are alone, like you're not t- directly talking to anybody. It is intentionally going for like a lonely, atmospheric, sci-fi kind of it vibe. Is that you have a scan visor, which can kind of just like just straight up just hack into computers and read what's going on, and like even like read carvings and walls and get things from there. And some of th- some of them are really just laughably direct, like saying. We are scared about whatever this knowledge getting in the wrong hands, so we've broken it down into 12 fragments and hidden them around the planet to one day a savior will come. He will be the correct person to, like, bring them all together and save us all. I'm gone. This just seems, like, a little bit too direct and contrived and, like, actually kind of silly when you stop and read how... And, and you get all 12 and suddenly unlock the morph yeah, ball. Just reminded me, well, <laughs> you get all 12 at the end. I, I remember this quite clearly now. It's like, you kind of, like, progress through the whole game and then there's, like, clues for a fetch quest. Yeah, it does actually lead to, like, the one thing that maybe the, you know, plethora of um, 2D Metrovanias is, like, shown the area this is aged, perhaps the weakest is. Um, it either, they really do need, for it to have, to really deserve the score that it currently has, it's like 94% or something in Metacritic among all the reviews. Um, either needs some form of fast transport or a better map system. My god, the map in this game sucks! Like, is this, like, because there are, like, multiple different areas. So you've got your overworld area, and then you've got the lava level, and the ice level, and the mines, and the ruins, and the whatever, and, like, there are elevators that kind of go between them, but it's just not clear at all. There's no easy way in the map screen to see which elevator is going to actually take you where onto the other area. Um, and I've more than once been like, okay, I'm here, and I need to end up over there. And you cannot plan, and I've taken like the least economical route just because there's no way to see, or at least not easily, what it is. And I've like walked across like half of the fucking game world. <laughs> just trying to get from like part A to part B, and like things like this have definitely had better solutions come up in like more modern games. But yeah, you mentioned- and that's the thing I was going to say um, a terrible map can really ruin your game as well when you're playing because you just end up going around in circles. You mentioned the controls have also been, like, modernized, because I I remember, like, playing this on a GameCube, and it's, like, clunky was was kind of a, it was kind of a thing. It was, like, move here, and then use use the analog to mouse look, and press this button to lock on to this thing, and, like, it was just... Like your hands, both your hands had to be in a claw position in order to just press every button in order to do like move, you know, just in order to move smoothly, like from one type of movement to another, like just traversal to combat, to exploration, to looking around, like it was a process. I, I have to confess, I played on the way, so, you know... I mean, whatever. Was it different? Yes, it was. They'd um, updated it so that you could actually use the pointer. So the Wiimote was a pointer rather than having to try and deal with it. So the nunchuck was was the movement. Literally what they advertised the Wii remote as being for at the time. 
But yeah, if, yeah. in response to I think what you're trying to get at, Ken, yeah, it's got dual stick control now. So it's smoother. It it plays like you expect a first person game to play in 2023. Oh, um, still, okay. Once you've like got all the upgrades, you can still get a bit fiddly, like swapping between all the firearm types and um, the different visor types as well can get a little bit much. But definitely, like the just basic moment to moment movement is that has been improved. It's like really, it's just the map is like the one thing that really holds it back. I am torn about it because obviously, like I think I was playing Axiom Verge. I can't even remember if it was Axiom Verge two was last year or earlier this year. I was playing through it. Um, and I definitely started abusing the hell out of, like, the, um, quick transport options that were, like, littered around the levels on that. Um, and they are kind of like touch and go, because on one hand, it's convenient in a game where, like, you do go from one place to the other, back to the other place, and over here and over there, as, you know, more abilities become open to you and you can progress further. But, like, also, walking back and forth means that, you know, the incident, incidental, incremental upgrades, like, okay, you can shoot rockets now, but you can only shoot 10 of them, but if you get that thing over there, you can shoot 15, and you find more of them, and you'll eventually be able to shoot 100, um, those are also, you know, kind of hidden behind what abilities and what you can do at the time, and, like, going back to an area, like, traversing through it, and, like, going, I know how to get that now, is, like, a cool little moment. And so, I, I, like I said, I, nobody really knows what's going on with Metroid Prime 4, but I feel like having a really good map system with, like, maybe, like, just more ways to, like, move between places without having to, like, resort to a quick travel system is perhaps what I really want to see for, like, improvements in this specific formula. It probably would also be really cool if you could, like, put markers on the map. Like, this is an area of interest to come back to here later. Oh, there'll be too, way too many markers. Be way too many markers. I think that it would be better <laughs> if it just auto-generated, like, a color-coded system saying, okay, you, yeah. you, if you scan something with a visor, if it automatically just gets saved. With one icon well, for, like, this might upgrades, be unlocked one icon with... for rocket upgrades. Yeah. Yeah. Whilst... Just even like what the door gets opened by. That I think once you come across them actually does get does get saved. Although one thing they could improve is it only shows you what the doors are when you're highlighting that room in the map. So you have yeah. to actually like look at each room individually on the map to see, okay, oh that one could be opened by the ice cannon, which I got an hour ago, so like, maybe I can finally go there now. Um and their their big solution for this, and it mostly works, is a, I guess this idea that like Samus is somehow like gradually scanning the planet through like sonar beams or what, whatever you want to imagine and so it'll like, just occasionally say new information found, we have found like you know a sudden drop in temperature in this area or like a hive activity here and it'll be like oh that, that is where the ice cannon is and this is where the mothball is and whatever so it will like after you've been lost for a little bit kind of just straight up pretend like you've just received like an email almost saying hey go there well, but even anyway. there sometimes is a bit vague but yes still very yeah. good couple of problems that make, makes me think maybe it shouldn't perhaps be the second highest rated game of the year yeah well whilst you've been bounty hunting in the depths of space I have also been bounty hunting in the depths of space uh, 95 hours into Starfield um, it's still my main game for the moment like people who know me like I sort of go into a game I go into it deep this is how play you go Ken you play two games a year and you rack up 500 hours and then you finally move on <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to make the most out of that out of that dollar that you're paying for the game. So you know, like you the, X amount of dollars divided by X number of hours. You were the you know. worst candidate for Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just wanted to touch very briefly on stuff. You like, you know, everybody's talked about it. Um, I've talked about it before, but I'm sort of 
at 95 hours, I'm sort of, I guess, in terms of the main campaign about midpoint, um, I'm getting into some hairy stuff. Um, in terms of the factions, I finished all the faction missions. Wait, rewind a second. You said 95 hours, yep. yada, yada, yada. And he's just midpoint. in the middle. Well, that's yeah. because I, I haven't been doing it very much. I haven't progressed. It's like this is this is very much a Bethesda RPG where the main story sort of you have to finish one mission and then you have to keep on doing the missions in the main campaign to progress the story. And if at any point you just sort of stop that mission and go do other stuff, that midpoint just stays exactly where it is. So one of the I guess one of the overall downsides of a Bethesda game is that like effectively the main campaign stays static whilst I'm going to go doing, doing all this other stuff. I finished all the faction missions. I think there's three or four factions, um, and I finished all those faction storylines. Um, I've done a whole heap of just random subquests, uh, side quests. Uh, I've done a lot of not even side quests, just but just rolling into somebody's town and just wasting some fools. Um, yeah. and I've been done a whole bunch of that. So 95 hours has been spent doing all the side stuff and occasionally moving the main campaign along when I'm like, Oh, I'm a bit bored with the side stuff. Let's just oh. do three missions of the main campaign and so then go back this into is it completely by choice. Cause the read I get on that, or at least mm. when it happens to me personally that I end up doing just a bunch of I'm going to clear this room and do that is normally it's like I'm in a period where it's like I don't have I cannot create a significantly large enough block of time to commit to a meaningful mission this week at all so I'm just going to keep yeah. doing small things that I know I can like get done in the 30-40 minutes that I do have most of the missions even the main campaign ones like every sort of mission it is very digestible so you can actually do each mission is kind of 40 minutes to maybe an hour and a half um, maybe even shorter for some of the smaller, smaller bits, um, of the mission. So each sort of piece is actually sort of relatively digestible. So, you know, I log in, I jump in, I do maybe three missions, one campaign and a bunch of side quests. And that's my two or three hours that I've played a day. Um, and then I move on to, and then I sort of repeat that cycle. Uh, few things I just wanted to highlight, I guess, like where I am at this point of the, of the game is that reading other people's stuff online, some people are playing a ridiculous like game that I don't even understand. The, the, um, <laughs> the game in which you build outposts and build like your settlements with all the various buildings and mining, with, that's a whole other sub game that I don't even, I'm not even aware of, like, I haven't dipped a toe into it. People have got it up, got it set up where it's automatically mining um, resources and also automatically somehow like generating XP. Um, and you've uh, got people working on it's just it's just this whole machine. How to play Go Go Town in Starfield. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. You can set up this it's whole like machine. Like and and it's pretty crazy because yeah it, it sounds like it, because you can do like okay i've got your mining posts but then 
your mining robots are automatically delivering their their mined materials to a processing plant, and the processing plant does it sort of automatically, and it loads into a transfer station. Then you land your shuttle where the transfer station is, and it just loads up, and then you just click a button and load up your load up all the processed mining materials, and then you just fly off. Like there's a whole sort of sub game with the outposts that no. I don't even understand. My question is, do you think you ever will, or do you think you're probably not? That's your, that's probably that's, your second half is going to be a shorter than the first half because yes, my short my, my second half will be just like pushing through the main quest, and then there's a whole other sub game of people just tinkering with the shipbuilder. And not just like doing ridiculous builds, but they're like, okay, here's like the most efficient build of this part and that part. And they're doing this, oh, I'm going to buy this engine from this vendor over here. But because of the way the game is set up, you can't actually sort of, you can't buy a part, put it into your cargo hold and fly it over. You kind of have to like buy a part, attach it to your current ship and then go to another vendor and then detach it and put it into your... Like, this. so people are doing this weird stuff, but it's like, okay, here's my ultimate build of a a spaceship where it's this engine, this reactor, this layout, and and there's this other sub-game within the shipbuilding where, um, depending on the modules, because the game, in-game the modules that you attach to your ship is reflected in-game. So people are actually planning your walking path from boarding the ship to the cockpit. Um, because if you're building with random bits and bobs, like one-by-one one squares and one-by-one one squares and one-by-one one squares, for example, and you build like a you build like a nine-by-nine nine ship made up of one-by-one one squares, you're just going to have to like walk through this door and another door and another door and another door and turn left here and up here and, up and the, like there's 12 doors that you've got to walk through. Yeah, but people are... Fun. Yeah, but <laughs> people are doing layouts <laughs> where it's like if you get this module, which is a three by one, and you attach it to this other module that's also a three by one but only has one door and you line it up side by side, you actually only have your walk path from this side of the bit of of the module to that side of the module is just one clear path. And if you attach the cockpit on one end and you put, and you attach your entryway on the other end, you can see everything. Like people are doing layouts. <laughs> I just I just can't I, help but wonder are they actually enjoying this or is are they doing it out of necessity? I, it's enjoy, it's got to be enjoyment because none of this stuff is necess, necessary gonna, for the purposes of They're going to be getting something out. I don't know if it's enjoyment, they have to be getting something out of it. Like it has to be scratching a specific itch or a specific it's, it's, it is. It absolutely is because all I've done so far is I go and then I kill everybody and then I steal their ships and then I pilot the sh- and I and then I keep on piloting the biggest ship I can find that I can steal so all I'm doing right now is just stealing other people's ships I haven't paid for a ship since like 90 hours ago I bought one ship and everything else is stolen and this is this is why there is no space Amazon Prime you've stolen all the truck drivers <laughs> <laughs> I, I I stole one ship that was just randomly like sitting out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm like, I walk up to it, and oh, I can open the door. Oh, I can sit down in the cockpit, and then I fly off, and then that was my ship for the next twelve hours. 
And then I'm like, okay, whose whose other ship can I can and I you steal? Like, and you know, crash it into an asteroid so the people you stole it from can collect on the insurance payment. No, ah. unfortunately, no. Missing one so, layer of detail there, but yeah. So this is this is there's the all these sub games within the game that could take up your entire time and I'm just watching YouTube and, and all these Reddit threads of like here's my ultimate ship build and here's my ultimate like outpost for mining materials. I'm like, you guys are just ridiculous. Um, and that's... I mean, <sighs> it's kind of good that it allows people to put in and take out what they want from the game. I mean, yeah. there it's not like heaps of games do that. No, no, I don't. I, I guess not. But it's, it's, it is pretty crazy. It's, it's like somebody put like Power Wash Simulator. In <laughs> you might as well have put Power Wash Simulator into Starfield and let somebody just wash their spaceships. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that some people have actually gotten as deep into this game as everybody thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, if it brings them joy, I don't see the problem with it. Yeah. It's not hurting anyone else. No, it's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy that people um, can find that level of depth. And I guess the, you know, it's it's admirable, and it's not my jam, and good for them if they found it. But, you know, it benefits people because uh, some of them just put up these layouts and in blueprints online and you're like okay if i want to do that that is exactly how i want uh, how how i need to lay all of this stuff out so yeah so in a way it's like the the people whose shit it is are helping the people whose shit it is not yes in a way yeah oh absolutely oh 100 and then like i have also just i just want to briefly touch on this i've modded my weapons there's this whole research thing as well where you just learn where you research more upgrades to your weapons, your suits, your outposts, and your ships, and you know there's a bunch of things. Um, I've modded my weapons to a ridiculous, uh, absolutely ridiculous um, 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 levels of of OP. Uh, my current weapon is a gold legendary that fires explosive rounds that does like fifty points of damage. And it fires 160 rounds per minute. <laughs> it's just, bah, 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 and then everybody's just flying about because it's explosive. So there's there's effects in game, and they just sort of uh, flail about from the very limited physics engine that, just, that's in the. I feel like that if you've got the opportunity to upgrade your weapons to that degree, why wouldn't you? Why, why, why would you? It's you? so ridiculous. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> It's pretty great. So, yeah, there's there's a little bit of something for everybody in here, and for some people, there's a lot of something. Um, on that note, I think we'll take a break. We'll yeah. come back and talk about the games that we have not played in 2023. So many. Um, so many. So many.
And we're back. 2023 has been an absolute banger of a year for games. Um, and it, it seems like there's a flavor for everyone, like for every taste. Baldur's Gate 3, Diablo 4, Alan Wake 2, Armored Core 6, Street Fighter 6, um, Resident Evil 4 Remake, we talked about um, Metroid, Metroid Prime Remaster. It's been an absolute crazy year. And even if you wanted to follow every single game and you had the money and time to burn for it, you chances are would, there would still be a bunch of things that you unfortunately would have to put either wayside. Um, I'm not that type of person. I don't have money and time to burn. And I, I am going out on a limb and assuming that the people on this panel, Tim and Renee, are also the type of people who don't have limitless amounts of money and time to burn. So, therefore, there will be games that we have unfortunately missed brilliant stellar games that we otherwise would have loved to have sunk our thieves our our collective thieves into um over 2023 and we're going to be talking about those things that we wish we played uh i might start with you tim first what's something you wish you played or you missed and regret not being part of the internet zeitgeist oh my gosh how many of these am i going to get to Am I going to get to say? Let's 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 not do too many because we could be here forever. Like uh, maybe two or three games right. each of us. This, this like, actually your this topic. topic came about because I think I actually was just talking to a friend um, over Messenger, and I like at some point made a list of all the stuff I hadn't played this year that I would have been interested in. And I was like, "Holy crap, that's a lot of stuff!" Um, the big the big one, and maybe if I have if I have time next month, that I will actually go to this would probably actually, it seems to be, all signs seem to be pointing towards um, Alan Wake 2. Which yes. I'm sure would make Huso very happy. The um, main factor that would take away from this, especially in my case at the moment, is like a lack of physical release. One, I just don't like that in principle. Um, two, it also means, my PC cannot play it, so I'm not going to be able to get on a sale there. Um, three, my growing issue with the consoles only really having one storefront and then having complete control over the sad price that things are actually sold at. And the fact that when I bought my PlayStation 3, we're going back in time a bit, now I was living in London, so my PlayStation network account with, like, the people I know on it is now just a British one by default and will probably forever be because I don't think Sony's ever going to allow you to change regions. Um, And the yen is fucking weak right now. So I'd have to buy the credit for the British PlayStation store. At least if I want to, like, tie to an account that I will have a long-term interest in. And then pay, like, probably 30% more than I'd have to anyway, just on the exchange rate. Before also factoring in just kind of the extra that you end up paying for it being locked to the PlayStation Network. So, yeah, there are, there are, a, few, there are a few hurdles there that really add to the money problem. Wow, I've, I've stunned Ken into silence. This is cool. I mean... That is a very, I mean, one is a very particular circumstance. Yeah, but it's real. I'm not making it up. It, no, I, I, I understand, but it's a very, very particular circumstance. Um, but I'm, I mean, there's a I, lot of hoop jumping. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass, man. 
Um, but I do, like, I really want to play it. Like, the more I look at that thing, I'm, like, going, yeah. This seems like what, it, what like, the first one never was. Like, it, it really seems like they've done something completely wild and bizarre. And, like, dare I say, like, art housey, but actually pulled it off in a big blockbustery kind of way at the same time. Do like a remedy game? Like I think we we talked about it last episode about remedy and their stuff and you know the the getting the weird. getting real weird and bizarre, but weird not in the kooky no kooky clown way, but in the you know, like off kilter, like something comfortable kind of way. Off kilter, uncomfortable, left of center. Something's odd about what otherwise looks like a very mundane type of situation. Uh, I loved control. Oh my god, I loved control so much. Um, really enjoyed Alan Wake, the first one. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think Alan Wake two is is something that I will come back to myself as well that is something you will need to buy a new computer or something Ken because at least I have a console that can play Alan Wake 2 well you know I could I could I could listen I could buy it try it out for the two hours on stunt Steam is it on Steam or is it locked to Epic at the moment actually I don't know I need to look I, I need to look sorry um Alan oh no Alan Wake is not number two is not on um Steam. Yeah, I, I guess. I think Epic may have paid out for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because um, I was not that big on I, the first one. Was like it was fine. It was like I enjoyed that well enough. I bought it on Steam sale for probably twelve dollars or something. I was like, yeah, I'm happy enough with that. But Alan Wake two was not on my radar at all. And I'd played Resident Evil four remake. I thought it like gotten my like kind of classic big budget horror out of my system for the year. Yeah. yeah, I also have Alan Wake on my list as well because I don't have a PC that can play it and none of my consoles can play it. So um, I enjoyed the first one and I had the DLC for it. I started playing American Nightmare. The only thing I had with the the first one was that I really didn't like the fact that all the enemies were such bullet sponges. It really annoyed me. Um, yeah. I do hear that. And I think they ramped it up in America. At least according to Huso, yeah. who is 100% in love with this game and is maybe not the most level-headed critic. Well, I did ask him. I did ask him if they're still bullet sponges, and he said no, which is the thing that, I mean, it was around the time when Uncharted was out yeah. and everyone had bullet sponges, so... And then they were like, oh, wait, this might be frustrating our players. Maybe we shouldn't do that. I would bet there's probably a very good chance that if you ever went back to Alan Wake 1, there's probably a no-sponge mod. Almost. There is. I'm just going to say it right now. <laughs> I'm going to say right now that there is a Which mod coincid- out there that makes two, two fewer bullets per enemy on average. Probably is totally. Which, you know, I, just I, as a- I played it on 360, so oh. <laughs> I have it on console. Oh, I mean, just as a, as a, as a tangent, I have the no-sponge mod on Starfield. <laughs> Because that's apparently an issue. Yeah, well, with with um, Alan Wake 2 apparently on everybody's list, I feel like I'm taking over here, but Ken, you missed all of this shit because you, like, don't have a new, com- new console and 
somehow yeah. somehow your computer is playing Starfield. Somehow it's it's chugging it's chugging along with uh, frame dips um, on Starfield. Um, I mean, I I just wanted to before I talk about the game, like preface this by saying like gaming is expensive. <laughs> gaming it's is real expensive. More expensive and cheaper than it has ever been. I mean, yes, like. If you're buying a single game, that's like you can probably extract a lot of entertainment out of it. Like I said, ninety-five hours into Starfield, I paid a hundred bucks for it. Like it's a dollar an hour. Like a dollar an hour. Like I know that that is a terrible metric, but but on the other but, hand, Half Life is free right now. Probably not by the time this goes up live. Yeah, but like in order to play the newest games you either need a brand new console or a brand or a fairly robust pc like yeah uh if you if i wanted to play starfield the way it's meant to be played if i wanted to play alan wake right now with ray tracing and all that jazz i will need yeah but brand new you know, console fortnite plays on the switch like yeah yeah so I know. it, it kind of goes in all directions yeah. Yeah, yes, but yeah. but what I'm saying is that like if you're wanting to keep up with if you want like the high fidelity like super cutting edge experience, it is more expensive than ever. But if you just want to well, play lots of games that are kind of fun, it's cheaper than ever. If you're the type of fuller like I am, who's constantly adding things to the wish list, like waiting for sales on on Steam, and it's like if I were to buy everything on my wish list at full price, I'd be just based on the game's release this year, it it adds up quick. Um, it adds up real quick. Uh, but uh, and on the other hand, I have three hundred and eighty-five <laughs> items in my Epic Games library. Yeah, I've never bought a game on the Epic Games Store. True. Neither but, have uh, I. <laughs> although one of those games may be the Shenmue Three back at demo, but so I've got three hundred eighty something free games on here. Like that's fucking nuts. Anyway, yes, Ken, but what is an actual game? Armored Core Six. Should have seen coming. Well, y- <laughs> yes, because it's a mech game, but it's it's also it's also a from software game, which hmm. I have always wanted to love. Like it feels like if I just dedicate myself to one of From Software's game enough, if I like try and learn the path of mastery for <laughs> their games, I could get out of this like extreme levels of pleasure. Um, but every game that I've played from them right now is like on an academic abstract level. It's like I can see how people would like this, but as I'm struggling um, with with Demon Souls and having died in the same the same sequence, I don't know however many times, and I'm trying to play all the Souls likes because I'm like maybe this is the one for me, uh, and bounce right off 15 minutes in. I played Mortal Mortal Shell and I'm like fuck this shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Armored Core Six might be. Even though I've heard, you know, the the the, the battle against one of the big bo- one of the early bosses, Balteus, B- Balteus, is a real like motherfucker. Um, yeah, I'd heard it's quite difficult. Um, yeah. even for a from software game. Even from software, but um, 
maybe this is the one and I live in eternal hope that maybe this is the one that will make me fall in love um, not fall in love this is the one in which I can create a meaningful relationship with a form from software game and it just won't this is the one that will click that's what yeah, you're hoping for that's what I'm hoping for the one uh, and and I'm looking at it I'm looking you're at other from software soulmate yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um, it's got mechs it's got customization um I saw that clip of that that fella in Japan who was apparently randomly picked in a crowd and then he proceeded to punch a ship to death um and he got himself a very fantastic nickname from the Armored Core um community did, did you all hear about this one no so no. this was pre-release and they were and and um Sony I think would or or from software themselves they were doing like uh a community event. Right. They were doing this community event and then they randomly like said, who wants to give this game a try? Come up on stage. And they picked someone to come up. And it turned out that this person was like a crazy, not crazy, like a really, really hardened Armored Core fan and then proceeded to like make an like this massive show of how to play the game. And then people started calling him the fireworks of Shibuya. Or, I'll take that as a nickname. And I'm like, that is a great nickname. And like, um, okay, because before I was literally imagining punching a ship somewhere, like it was in the harbor, no, yeah, yeah, armor and something. It's like punching a freighter or something. In 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 the game sequence, um, he was shooting up a massive skyship and ran out of ammunition, so flew up there and then punched it to death. Cool. So um, you can get good. Apparently, is the lesson here. Yeah, you can get good. So Armored Core 6 is hopefully, at some point in time, uh, I can enter uh, enter into a meaningful, meditative uh, relationship with. Um, yeah, it might not be this year, though. Yeah. Uh, Renee! Yes? What's well, something? The main one was Alan Wake 2, because, like I said, I played the first one, tried to get through uh, American Nightmare, but uh, I also, something that a lot of people probably don't really care about is I really wish I could have uh, played Theater Rhythm, uh, the one that they released on Switch. Right, cool. Unfortunately, I didn't have the time or the money for it. So, I mean, it's really weird because I enjoy, I enjoy rhythm games, but I have only played two Final Fantasy games, and that is 4 and 14. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's just such a weird thing, but I, the music very, is really very, good, and I'm very interesting spread. <laughs> yeah, I played four on emulator. Um, I didn't complete it. I think I I got to the part where you get Tessa. You meet Tessa. I think her name was. It's uh, so I got. I think maybe not even like a quarter of the way in before I eventually stopped. I think it was just it really wasn't suited. The, those games were so much better on something like a DS than hmm. a computer. Um, uh, I'd also really wish I could get around to playing Super Mario Wonder, which I own, but I have not had the time to play. Ah, oh, so money is somehow no longer a problem here, but time has come into the factor. Yeah, well, money's always a problem, but I was like, the Mario games are 
always cheapest if you buy them the day they release. I think they always. Is, they, my, my my logic with Nintendo is it's just it will not get cheaper until the system is obsolete. Um, and even then, it probably won't get cheaper. The secondhand market's a bit crazy. Um, it's usually ten dollars cheaper when it first releases, so it's generally cheapest to get it on the day that it releases or within the first week of its release. Because a lot of the uh, a lot of places will have it on sale. JB's going to have so, yeah, this I... little store entry cabinet, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. But um, is is I guess Super Mario One? Are, are you like a big fan of Super Mario games? I've played most. I've grown up with Super Mario, so you know. Yeah. Um, I, I know people really hated New Super Mario Brothers. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was just decent. You know, it was all right. That's why I um, hated it. It was the elevator music of Mario games. <laughs> but I just... Uh, Wonder is apparently, like, as good as uh, Super Mario World and Super Mario Brothers 3, and I was like, that's uh, that's some pretty high praise. So yeah, I, really well, yeah I was gonna I was gonna say that is that is about as good a pr- as good praise as you can get for a Super Mario game. Like those, yeah, and three and those are the two that I I grew up with as well. Like, well, I grew up with all the Mario games. I know that I really enjoyed Super Mario Brothers too. Whereas a lot of people are like that's not a real Mario game. You know as what's a child? Fun- what did I know? But you know what's funny? Well, well mm. not funny, but I will back you on S- Super Mario 2. I loved number two. Number two was the best. <laughs> it was originally a different game. Was it? Was yeah, it? They yeah. had adapted so for... People yeah, were... yeah. No, I, 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 I know, but like in the pantheon of like Super Mario games, like my experience with number two has been like, I really, really like it. I love playing with um, Princess Peach and her sort of floaty, mm. floaty bits. Uh, and that's the thing. The, what what that introduced is still canon to this day. Yeah. Luigi still jumps higher than Mario mm-hmm. in a lot of, like, you know, Peach can still float. I don't really remember what Toad used to do because I never played as Toad. <laughs> How has this discussion of games you haven't been able to play in 2023 somehow ended up in the late 80s? <laughs> <laughs> look, sorry. Look, I mean, Wonder sounds great. Like, like it does. It really does. Mm. It really, really does. Like, by all accounts, it's a really good, fantastic, solid, like Super Mario game. So, you know, but but like we said at the start of this section, it's like it's not just about the games you can afford, but it's also like, yeah, time is a resource. Time is precious, and not everybody yeah. has has like time to just. Play sit down and do play something and there's so many things to play um, yeah that that's um, it it's just with everything else that's happening in my life i just haven't had a chance to to sit down and play it and i i'm i'm looking forward to it when i finally can and i'm hoping that it'll be sometime soon and, and yeah. this is also with it being a switch game as well like the only reason i've been able to put the time into metroid that i have is because I've been able to chip away at it on train rides. Yeah. Yeah, see, I drive. I have to drive to places, so I can't play then. 
And even mm. if I could, I'd get motion sick. That oh, I wonder if I'd get motion advantage. sick or... I was going to say, I wonder if I'd get motion sick or sim sick, which would make me sick first. Oof. <laughs> that sounds like a science experiment. Should we circle around again before this gets gross? Yeah. Um, yes. Tim, yes. What's number two? What's another one I'm for gonna, you? I'm that... going to like try and like put the recency bias aside this time and say, actually, Octopath Traveler 2. And a uh-huh. yeah, big part of the reason for this is like when it came out, it reviewed it reviewed like fairly well. But I think, of course, like the novelty of the structure and the visual style, it was kind of like you know had shaken off a little bit by then. But what I've noticed is from other podcasts and even just some like blogs and things on the internet is like as time has gone by, as the months have kind of you know the seasons have kind of almost gone full circle again, is a lot of people are saying that this one is actually notably better than the first, and maybe one of the best JRPGs of like the last. 10 years or something. And I'm like, really? You know what? I was a little yeah. bit let down by Final Fantasy 16. Maybe I don't need all that whiz bang. Maybe I want, maybe I do want me some like super stylized kind of pixel art, but kind of not. Don't need like big flashy cutscenes all the way through. And maybe it would also help me if I could actually get the Switch version and not lose that much, lose out that much over the PS5 one outside of some resolution and I don't know, a few extra snow particles in the winter or something. Um, so, like, increasingly, yeah. yeah, I've been, like, yeah, I kind of, I was, like, left feeling a little underwhelmed. Not a lot underwhelmed, but, like, just a little, like, Final Fantasy sixteen didn't quite scratch her, I was hoping it would. So that, that that's kind of, like, been simmering there. And there have actually been a few options this year that, like, they could alternately plug in there. But, like, that's the one I keep on coming back to. Partly because I never actually played the first one, and it doesn't seem like it matters that I do. I was like, yeah, I still really like the style. And, like, its reputation has kind of improved over the year, which is, like, a good sign. Because, obviously, like, reviews, we've all had to write them. Like, you're under embargo. Sometimes it doesn't accurately reflect things played in a more naturalistic scenario. And let's be honest, we're... we're a lot of the time we're spoilt for choice with JRPGs, but that doesn't mean that they're good JRPGs. I mean... (sighs) Has anyone seen the next Chrono Trigger? You know, it just... It has its defenders. I mean... Yeah, like, I'm not I'm not saying that it's not good. I haven't played it, so I, I really have no... I have no uh, real say in it. I'm just saying that they're... We're spoiled for choice, but I think that people just want to kind of have something similar to that. And I think that they're trying to do it in their own way, which is better than them trying to actually copy it, unlike Silent Hill, which is just two, which has been done to death. Um, yeah, yeah, it because I know what the a couple of the, ta- I think one of the Tales games came out this year as well. It might have even been two. I think it was an expansion to... I thought it was a re-release, the Tales game. Was it a re-release? Oh, I knew there was a Tales game. I just... see how confusing this is. Although... Stylistically, that looks fucking yeah. amazing, actually. But also part of this year, also on a second tier, like being the year of the re-release. So many fucking like re-releases and remasters and revisions, and they've just announced The Last of Us 2 Remastered, which seems... Ugh! It was only three years ago. Like, that is actually too soon. The first one is excusable. We are getting sidetracked. Sorry, um... 
myself, Ken, Ken, what's your next thing that you haven't had time for? Because you spent like five hours in Starfield. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I've got... I don't have a lot of time. Um, mm. and, you know, I've made that clear multiple times. Uh, there is a game. Like, this is, this is the type of game that... Um, is I'll just say the, the title name yeah, Immortals of Avenum. Yep, that was because... on my. I want to review this list, and then they pushed it back, and I was going to be traveling during the release date, and now it's just completely jumped off my radar. By all accounts, Immortals of Avenum is like a really solid, um, highly enjoyable first-person shooter where. Like, you don't have, quote-unquote, uh, f- air quote, guns. You've got... Finger lasers. Magic, <laughs> which look which work exactly the same as guns. But it's it's one of those games where it's it's kind of like... I, there needs to be a trifecta for this to happen. Um, one, the money to buy the game. And then two... Mm-hmm time to play the game but also three you know it's also one of those games where it's like kind of like i don't oh, think you can actually the... play this one can no yeah look just i know is, is it the pc is it that he, i think it's quite pc famous. running on it was quite yeah. for like really high requirements yeah but i think it's also it's also the type of game where you play after you finished playing other games it's never. It's yeah, not it's, like top top of the list. It's like you've got it's your secondary game, and then like the other one that's kind of like in the background. If you've got like a little bit of extra time, and you feel like yeah, like yeah, and Immortals sort of falls into that list. It's like the I finished my A game, I finished my B game, and um, I've got a little bit of time, and I've got money to burn. Uh, let's try this C game, and that's where where Immortals sort of sits for me. But I always find. Like, it's that game on that list that I enjoy the most. The sort of the 7.5s or the 7s, where it's kind of wonky, kind of weird, but kind of solid as well. And that's where oftentimes I find, yeah, like, well, the said, most enjoyment. As I said last last episode, that for the longest time, that was how I was thinking about Nier and Jill. Like, I dra- just gradually slipped into the mindset that that game is actually a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Immortals of Avedon, I think it might be yeah, finger guns and magic and... Um, well, I absolutely want to play it. It seems like an old, an older breed of shooter, like, done with modern shader polish and, yeah, finger guns. Yeah, so that's probably something I, I would want to spend a bit of time with uh, if, if all the stars align. Um... Renee, what's what's number two for you? Well, I'd already mentioned two, and I've already well, mentioned three as well. That's so, true. You get number four because you know, I just helped you expand the list. Uh, I hadn't thought that far ahead. Well, we don't have to. We can always circle know, it's back. It's really hard. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, it's just it's really hard that it's been so many releases, and it's just been, like, because I don't have a recent, I don't have a new console i don't have a ps5 i don't have mm. an xbox that, that yeah. should not be a factor like that's part of the time and the money if like the money was not a problem you would have your series x sitting there underneath a 75 inch oled yeah but that's the thing like i just 
a lot of the games that I'm like, oh, that would be really interesting to play, and then I see that it's on a console I don't have, and I'm like, okay, never mind. And again, as I've mentioned a few times, with the simulator sickness, I have to be careful with certain games. For example, the previous game that Ken and you were just talking about, um, it sounds like it's probably one that would give me sim sickness. So, Mm. like, I generally get an idea when I'm looking at the game. Like, I can't play um, not until dusk, mid, mid dusk. Medieval? The Australian one that's medieval. Oh. Sorry, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, I no, just I... fused two of their games together. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that one is just that is hectic. That is frantic. Yeah, and I just was watching people play it at PAX when it was there, and I was just like, "There's no way I'll be able to play that without being unwell." Yeah, no, that makes. I guess sense. special category for me. What would I play if I physically could? Um. Oh man, there'd be so many games I could play that I maybe I'd finally get through one of the Dead Rising games without being sick. And Metro, because I've been, heard Metro is really good. Metro, there you go. Oh, so That's not yeah. this year, but um, yeah. It is. All right, well, it is maybe. A Tim, let's, yeah. let's, let's circle back round to you. If you've got any others, I, I have so many others, and that is part of the problem. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Well, one like, more. Um, one the one more. I'm actually going to pick is actually part of what one of Renee's initial problem, which is having something to play it on, which would actually be Hi-Fi Rush. Ah, uh, yep. Um, I do not have Why? an Xbox, and I am teetering on the absolute edge of those um, system requirements. And I'm teetering enough that you- I'm like, it's if it's going to run, it is going to look like ass, and the frame rate is going to be unsteady, and I think this is a game where frame rate is going to be really important. <laughs> No, fair enough. I was gonna say, chances are, if you're teetering right on the edge, chances are you can play it. Like, oh, I say teetering. I'm I, I'm under on some things, and maybe under depending on how you define it on others. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Hi-Fi Hi-Fi Rush looks good. Yeah, it looks pretty fucking good. And yeah, if you're I'm a like... fan of like Jet Set Radio, yes. Yeah. Which, which I just I remembered that I. I... Bomber Side, yeah. there is your other game, Renee. Yeah, that's the other game. What's it? It's funny. You think I would know this because I wrote an article about it and I a feature on it, and I completely slipped my mind. Which game is this? Sorry, I didn't catch the name just now. Uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Oh, yes. See, that's not about this because yeah, I still I... convinced myself that I'm going to somehow make a way to buy and play that before the end of the year. <laughs> 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 I've I've got it wish listed, and when it eventually goes down in price, it will be mine. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, I'll just round this off with just one final one, and then and then we can wrap up. Um, Cyberpunk Phantom Phantom Liberty for me. Um, yeah. Only just because, <clears throat> by all accounts, this good. new yeah the new uh, the well. You know, my, my I think my issues with Cyberpunk as a game um, is not well. I'm hoping it uh, addresses it because, like, the skill tree was one one of my major bugbears. Um, the the life of the city was was another one of my major bugbears. But I think Phantom Lib- Liberty seems to have fixed at least the skill tree part of it. And the also, life of the city may come down to how powerful your computer is at this point. Mm, possibly, maybe. Uh, <laughs> 
maybe. But I really, but the re, the main sort of motivator to try Cyberpunk again is not just the game and the, the improvements, but also I really, really, really like the anime that came out on Netflix. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I kind of want to go back into that world, um, just for a little bit. Just for a little uh, bit. Yeah, it's not it's, the sort of place you want to live. It's a pretty, actually, depressing mm-hmm. house area. It's actually really amazing how they've kind of managed to turn it around from what the, the disastrous launch that they had. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been, it's been, it was bad. It was, it was bad and rocky, but they really kept at it. And, which is historic. And it's, it's pretty crazy that the game is, I think, two years old now? Ten years from now, we're going to get some wild stories from, like, developers who have since, like, left the company and don't have any fear of breaking any sort of contractual secrecy, whatever. Because I guarantee you the developers are like, this is not ready to just ship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the higher-ups were like, you, we said ship, no, we so said you'll this, ship, you're it. Gonna ship it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, Cyberpunk... Phantom Liberty might be might be the other one. There's a bunch of other things, like I said. I think there are a bunch of other games on that list as well uh, for for the, for the um, 2023 year. But uh, I think what we'll do is we'll keep it Just contained. Like, and like within... run down the list that I wrote down, minus the stuff that we've okay. Said okay, all right, all right. All right, let me get the message open. Here we go. So yeah, um, Dredge, Tears of the Kingdom, Dead Space Three, Dead Space Remake, um, Dave the Diver, Cocoon. Street Fighter 6, Spider-Man 2, Baldur's Gate 3, The Man Who Raised His Name. I actually really, really want to play that. System And the System Shock remake. Oh, yes. System Shock remake. Which for will me. run on my PC, so I have a poor excuse for that. Um, the Dead Space remake runs really, really, really well on my PC. Um, so Dead Space remake, um, System Shock remake. Um, uh, what else? Uh, 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 well, Street Fighter 6. You know, because... Because I'm a I'm a Street Fighter apologist, even though I'm terrible at it. Um, Who cares? As long as you're having fun. That's true. That is also true. Um, Dave the Diver. That seems pretty. <clears throat> that seems like a like a fun time. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Oh, yeah, just because. I forgot about Dredge. So, and I really should play that. Yeah, that's good. Um... What else? What else? I'm I'm going through a list of games. A Remnant 2. I would like to spend a bit of time there. The Expanse, a Telltale series, because I really enjoyed The Expanse. Um, the, the short message here has actually been a very... Po- Polo is not the right way, but it's like being a good year to be a consumer and a terrible year to actually be involved in the industry on basically any level. Yeah, that's true. Unless you're a CEO. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. Or a shareholder. <laughs> or a shareholder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baldur's Gate three. Um, that looks like a lot of fun. That's a, now it's now a dark horse game of the year, even over Zelda. So, um, yeah, just lots and lots of stuff to play. But I think on that note, let's wrap up. Thank you yeah. very much, everybody, for joining me on this episode, um, episode one hundred and twenty-two of the Player Two Pixelcast. Um, let's go around the room. Where can people find? you on the internet Renee and is there anything that you want to pimp uh, I have 
still available on Twitter. Um, sorry, X. Uh, no, I'm on Blue no, Sky as well. We're going with Twitter. We're just going straight with Twitter. It's it will always and forever be Twitter. That's why you got to say X in a really stupid voice. <laughs> the X. Um, I've. Oh, I don't really have much that I'm doing at the moment aside from the PAX videos. So hopefully they'll be on the Player 2 social medias before the end of the year. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Well, you've got a bunch of videos that uh, that has still been yeah, popping up on all the shorts. All the popping lately. Um, all the... Uh, what was It'd be the Final Fantasy lore bites. Final Fantasy lore bites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they happen, all- I think, Saturday, roughly Saturday, every Saturday. And then... Um, yeah, I'm doing – I've done, like, maybe 20 to 30 of the PAX videos that are ready to go live, and then I've got a whole bunch that I'm still working on. So, but, yeah, is, is what you mean. You've got heaps going on. Yeah, I think in the end there's going to be over 60 videos. That is ridiculous. That is crazy. That essentially is an hour of my life. <laughs> that is that is that is a that an hour of your life like in the final product, but Yeah. yeah. But not the, the the amount of time you spent producing and creating all of that stuff. So that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic stuff. But at least yeah. it lets people see like the indie games, because if you don't go to PAX, you don't see the indie games. And yeah. only a few get highlighted. And if you I mean, I don't – there's plenty of the games that I'm writing about that are not my thing. They're not my thing. Yeah. I'm just going to say it straight up. But that doesn't mean they're not someone else's thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tim, where can people find you on the internet, and what do you have going on? Um, I'm just going to like go with the blue skies now. I still technically have a Twitter account, but I've right, also, you know, I've, I think I said this last week, I've moved it to the app drawer. I'm treating Blue Sky as um, default, so I'm at Pretend Beard on Blue Sky. Find me that way. I don't have anything immediately lined up for the website, but um, I'll probably be jumping on... We're starting to organize, I believe. Huso's just started to like organize all the Christmas content. Very nice. So I'll probably recommend uh, some dumb thing to buy for people. Excellent. You can find me at Pixel Hunt on Twitter, uh, and I think also at Pixel Hunt on Blue Sky, but I'm still not actively using it. Uh, and I have one video <laughs> that is yet to be published um, sometime on the YouTube channel. On the YouTube channel, at some point, I have one. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, look, look, keep an eye out for that. Um, for more content, you know, our YouTube channel, as always, is always bumping. Um, Twitter, uh, all the socials is all the socials now. I think he has gone and created it like threads. Yeah, yeah I've got like, threads, and we've got everywhere. blue sky. We've got threads, we've got blue skies, we've got TikTok, we're on Instagram, we've got shorts, we've got videos, we've got all the written stuff on the website. So heaps of content. Uh, thank you very much, and we are out. Out the door. Let's go outside now. Uh, all right, in Japan. Yeah, yeah Northern Hemisphere <laughs> shit. Like last week, literally last Monday, just bang out of nowhere. It's winter now. Literally, like we've had some nice weather, and then boom.